Hey everyone, it's Pastor Eddie from River of Life. Just want to say thank you for joining us on our podcast. Now let's get ready to hear a word from the Lord today. What does God want to speak to our hearts today? So come on, open your Bibles, open your hearts, and let's get into the Word. Right along, I do got a message, and I mean every word I say that this is a message I want to preach to you today. Uh, and we are in going through the book of Acts. So if you're new to the church or you're just now joining us, we are in the longest series I've ever done in my life. Uh, we are in chat. We're going through the book of Acts. And I didn't, I told you, I don't know how long we'll be here, but every time I go to start, I do know for Christmas and the, the month of December, I do want to talk about joy and there's some things, but, uh, I don't know. Every time I look for that, God shows me something in his word. And here's another week. We're in, we're in Acts chapter 16. Now I'm not preaching this because it's Halloween. Okay. This is just where we are. Once again, we just so happens to be in this chapter. And I'm going to do the whole chapter of 16 the best I can. And in this chapter, we, we will talk about detours, demons, and deliverances. Detours, demons, and deliverances. Because that's what's in chapter 16. And so I want to bring some things. Some of you just need to hear about the detours. Others of you need to hear about the demons. Don't look at your neighbor. Look right at me. Wives, don't look at your husbands. Look right at me. But we all need to hear about deliverances, how God can deliver us from any form of evil, whether it's in the deep demonic area and demonology and all of that, or if it's just to be delivered from lying, delivered from stealing, delivering from being a manipulator, delivered from gossip, delivering from tearing folks down instead of building folks up, uh, delivering from sowing discord rather than uh, sowing encouragement. These are the six things that the Lord hates in Proverbs. None of them is the big sins of what we label people. They are a gossiping tongue, a prideful look. Come on, somebody. I'm talking to myself. This is flesh that we constantly have to get delivered from over these things in Jesus' name. So you do not have to stand today. Normally we stand for the reading of the word. I'm going to try my best to go uh, through this chapter, not as fast, but skip over some things, but kind of give you, exegete this chapter the best I can. We will land on those three uh, topics because that's what's in this chapter. So if you if you uh, are a note taker, you might want to take notes. I do not have an outline today. Let me recap Paul and Barnabas where we are. They had a split over John Mark. Father, we thank you for your word and I, we do continue to give you permission to move in this service. People can be set free in this service, Father, in this moment, if they haven't already. I know you're already working in the lives of people that are watching and that are here today. And so we just give you praise for that. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. So in the, chapter 15 ended with an argument between two great leaders, Paul and Barnabas. And they had a, a disagreement over Mark. It got so strong, Paul said, I will not go on this mission trip with Mark. Barnabas said, I will not go on that mission trip unless you take Mark. And so they they parted ways. We use that as an opportunity to talk talk about how to overcome grudges and offenses. And even though you might have been stepped on, don't step out. And that we need to drop the rocks. And we need to drop the little grudges that we seem to pick up. Yesterday I watched the game. I picked up some grudges. (laughs) Oh, you green people. Amen. I just begin to say that was a bad call. The same refs that called the Lions seem to call that game. But anyway, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not bitter. I'm not going to split the church right now. Come on. Amen. 
and I know my brother's wearing green. And I'm like, brother, why are you wearing green today up on the stage? Don't you know? Anyway, so, uh, but I dropped my rocks and I got rid of it. And I said, you know, Michigan State played a good game. God bless you in Jesus' name. So those of you that are not into sports, you can rejoin me in Jesus' name. Amen. That's it. So, but you constantly got to drop the rocks. These are the little tendencies that we find out how people voted, more serious issues, where you stand on the mask and the vaccine. We have a tendency to start not throwing rocks, but holding rocks, and it ends up uh, limiting your ability to worship and go forward in God. Great message. Go back last week and you'll hear it. Chapter 16, verse 1. Here we go. Paul now takes Silas with him. And he then goes and he's going through a little city called Derby, and he finds a young man around 18 years old, theologians believe, and his name is Timothy. You've got two books in your Bible that were written to this specific man who later becomes the pastor of Ephesus. All that is down the road right now. Paul and Silas meet this young man. He has a Jewish mother and his father is Greek and was not in the Christian walk, so he had just his mother that raised him and his grandmother we later find out uh raised him in the faith and thankfully he did not follow follow his father he followed his mother and became one of the greatest uh, ministers of the first century uh there in ephesus and so he's got now there's three people in this in this team paul silas and young timothy and so in verse six through uh or verse four it tells us that they have this document uh, with instructions on how to live godly in an ungodly world. I'm doing a little little recap here. Uh, we spent two weeks on this, and this was where the apostles came together and said, let's come up with an uh, instruction uh, rule book, if you will, on helping these new believers understand how they are to live their life. Uh, and so we covered that. What are biblical absolutes? What are traditional, cultural, what are personal convictions? And we talked about that, but I'll reiterate it on a day like today. You know, what your personal convictions are. Some people celebrate every day the same. They don't celebrate nothing. Others celebrate different days. Whatever you're celebrating on whatever day, make sure you always celebrate Jesus and the righteousness and teach that to your children in Jesus' name. Amen? If you want to dress up as a pumpkin and go get free candy, this is the only time of year you can do it. Do it, but make sure your kids understand that Jesus is the light of the world, and, and that's what we do. The Harvest Festival, as I was mentioning, was the best we put on this year. This is something we offer free to the community. We have people give their lives to Jesus on that day. Stand right here in the prayer tent, adults and kids, and stand and make a decision for Christ. I minister. Yeah, amen. I ministered to two people personally. One a young girl began to talk to her, and she said, I don't know what it is about this place, but every time I come here for an outreach or something, she's been to a couple of our harvest festivals. She said, I just feel, and she just broke down and started to cry right in the middle of our conversation. I said, that's the presence of Jesus. And I said, it's because this is where you belong, is in the kingdom of God. And began to, she just cried and wept, had to walk away from me, came back, cried and wept and said, quit, until I was making her cry. I said, that's not me. And God ministered during the picking the nose game. I don't care what it was or whatever it is. Do you see, we do it all for the glory of Jesus. Jesus says, give someone a cup of cold water, whatever. So that's, that's, that's how we roll here. Everything will always be gospel centered here. Always will be gospel. We're playing dodgeball, which some of you picked up some stones on dodgeball. You need to let it go, bro. It's okay. We will always glorify Christ. So they got this letter on how to live as Christians. I got to keep going. 
And then we get to the detour part. We get to chapter uh, or, or verse 6 through 10. And it says, now when they had gone through, I'm going to butcher these names. I'm just going to tell you right now. Fergia. Why couldn't it be Dearborn? You know what I'm saying? Uh, this is in the Middle East. These cities are, are actually still there. My daughter and Tyler are actually over in Ephesus today celebrating their honeymoon due to COVID uh, held them back. So they are doing the footsteps of Paul, and I would love to have them t- come talk about that next time. But anyway, they are there. Uh, so Fergia and the region of Galatia, this is where Paul is going. He preached to those two cities. Watch this. Then they were forbidden by Satan to preach the word in Asia. Did I read that wrong? What do you mean? Oh, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the gospel, the word in Asia. Now, I've had the Holy Spirit stop me from doing some things I know I shouldn't be doing. Amen. Uh, the Holy Spirit has stopped me from saying things that I needed to say. He has, he has helped me delete some things that I should be deleting. He's kept me from going to parties and places that I know a Christian has no part of going. But this is just a weird verse. He says, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Paul says, I'm on it. He goes, nope, not here. It's a weird verse, but it is something that we need to pay attention to. And so... Uh, he sometimes the Lord will stop us from doing things that we seem is good and seem all right, which are good and which are right. But it is God saying, no, that's not what I want you to do right now. That's what you need to see this. And we, we instantly love to blame the devil, don't we? We love to blame the devil for everything that, that we're not able to do, even though we want to do it. Even though it might be good, we may think, oh man, you know, man is holding me back. Or that church is just holding me. When is the leadership going to know that I can do this? Or, or when is my boss going to see that it's I can do this and I want to do something good? And we blame the devil. We blame the devil all the time. We lose a job. We blame the devil. The devil got me fired. No, you never showed up on time and didn't do your job good. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? But there are some things that are good and God wants us to do, but it's not the right time. And some of us need to hear that today from the Bible. And God says, nope, this isn't what I want you to do right now in your life. I love what Paul did. So Paul simply, verse 7 says, after that, they come to Mysia and they try to go to Berthenia. But the Spirit did not permit them to go. Here's twice. So passing by my city, they came to Troas. So they tried to go to this city to preach the gospel. God said, nope. They said he tried to go to this city and God said, nope. And here's where many of us quit. Here's where many of us would just say, okay, I'm quitting. God can't, you know, I can't do what I really want. Remember this whole idea started from Paul when he said, I got an idea to go back to all the churches and give them this letter. It was a good idea, but we never do have to say that God told them to do it. We just... Might have been one of them situations instead of following God, we just went here and wanted God to follow us. I don't know. But these are life lessons when we read the word of God that we find out that sometimes God, need to always remember this, sometimes God is in the know. I know we don't like that. But you know what also when he tells us no is the same thing happens when you tell your kid no. You really find out what kind of kids you have when you tell them no. Yes. My kid just loves me. Amen. Some of them have blended families and maybe your kids' situations are a little bit different and you, you have a temptation to be the favorite parent. And what usually happens in the favorite parent 
seeing is they are the ones that always say yes or say yes more. Amen. I grew up like that, even though my mom and dad stayed married and are married and are awesome role models, I still learned which one was the weak one. (laughs) When dad said no, that was it. No more debate. Move on. But you can also go to mom and say, hey, mom. And then I got caught one time when dad said no. And I went to mom and said, hey, mom, can I go do this? And she said, yeah. And I took off. And my dad said, where's Eddie? And she said, well, I'll let Eddie go. And my dad said, you said what? (laughs) After I told him no... He went right to mama. Come on, say that. How many have done that? You know what I'm saying? How many know the punishment is worth double honor in Jesus' name? And uh, God in serious trouble. But uh, the thing I want you to see there is that this is where many people quit. This is where many people quit when God begins to give us a detour. But as I said it before, sometimes rejection is just simply a redirection. You need to get that. Sometimes when he rejects our plans it's because he's trying to redirect our plans and you're going to see that in the rest of this chapter but what i saw was by so what he did he wanted to go to micaiah and this little verse caught me so passing by micaiah they came to troas and the holy spirit said this you've got to be willing to pass by your plans for his purpose Please get that as a Christian and a follower of Christ because there are many plans a man has in his heart. Proverbs says, comma, everybody say comma, but the Lord directs his steps. Go ahead and plan your ways. Brother, you need to have a plan how you're going to lead your family. Young people, you need to have a plan what you're going to do with your life. When you get out of school, college, and the girls you're going to meet and the boys you're going to meet, he needs to have a plan. I'm all about planning. I am that kind of person. I have to have a plan, and I love to cross things out. I'm, all, I'm, I'm motivated that way. But I also have learned through this verse and other verses that even though it may be my plan, i got to be willing to pass by my my plan for his purpose. This is deeper than I have the time to spend on this. I can tell you that I was going to move even state and was going to do this. And I've had even people say, you know, Pastor Eddie, the Lord is leading me here. And I'm thinking, okay, <laughs> you better be sure. And the Lord didn't simply did not give me peace. And this has happened so many times throughout my life. But What did Paul do? Notice he did not insist that God would open that door. That's something that I would have done. I would have prayed and fasted. Oh, God, it's your will. Open the door in Jesus' name. He didn't. The Bible says Paul just stopped. And he did what that great philosopher Vanilla Ice says. Okay, stop. Collaborate and... I love this church. That's exactly what Paul did. Paul didn't say, oh, I'm binding the devil. And, you know, it's the spirit of God. How he knew this, we really don't know. It was through a prophetic word. Silas was a prophet. He was a worshiper. It could have been a prophetic word that he said one night over campfire that, hey, listen, the Lord just says this. We are not to go. It could have been an idea, a thought, or just a voice of God say to Paul, we don't know how it was. Maybe his traveling plans fell through. But whatever God says no, and whenever he shuts a door, please don't try to kick it open in Jesus' name. And let me just go a little bit further. Whatever God has crucified in your life, do not resurrect through the flesh. In Jesus' name, amen? Good preaching for another time. So a vision and a dream came to Paul in verse 9. He saw a man in Macedonia, and the man in the dream and the vision was asking him to come over there. God does speak through dreams and visions. He still does that. In the last days, I will pour up my spirit on all flesh. 
the Lord spoke to me and gave me a dream about this church and about our church growing. And he gave, it's a long dream. We got it uh, recorded because when I first said it, we were four years away from what the dream said and these different bridges and the uh, prophet. I, we got it on tape. It's in our, on our website, I believe, on the journey video. If you want to take time and go to there, listen to our story of how we started in Wyandotte, Michigan, and we ended up here. It's all with my mom and dad as the leaders and the leadership and that whole thing. It's on our, on our thing, um, on our website. Don't know how much time I got of whether to share this now or not, but let me just tell you, God has given me another dream recently and uh, about our church, and it's an amazing dream, and I'll have to share that in another time, but it's good, and I just saw that, and I said this to our board, and that God is not done with us. I know we moved to this building and we're doing it and God's blessing us and so many great things are happening. But I'm telling you, God gave me a dream and I just saw people and I saw the property across the street. Something was built over there that impacted our church and there were people coming from everywhere and it was so bright and happy families. I remember seeing them in my dream holding hands and they came in and then it switched to a big room upstairs where Josh Patterson was trying to run wire to get our internet to work. So Josh, if you're watching, I don't know what that dream means, brother. You must come back to Michigan. No, I don't know. I don't know what he's saying. Uh, and then about three weeks ago or about a month ago on a Wednesday night, we talked about dreams and vision. And I prayed over our church that God would release and awaken the prophetic through visions and dreams. And you got to watch that. And we talked about that. And Sister Mary Band came up to me just two weeks ago. I did not tell anyone but our board about my dream, and she had the same exact dream. And God did something across the street of this building. It impacted our church, and hundreds and thousands of people were coming to this ministry. So Paul stopped. If you're in a detour, you need to stop and pray and seek the Lord on what God wants you to do. That's it. Some of you can go home right now in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. But we don't stop there. The text continues. Paul then gets this vision of this man. He knew he was from Macedonia, so they made a hard uh, shift to the left north, to the uh, northeast, northwest on your map. Maybe you got a map in your Bible. We use everything in our Bible. People say, are you a New Testament church? We're an old, old and new. I even think the maps are anointed of God in Jesus' name. Amen. We use all of the Bible, and it'll show you there in your maps where he's going. And I don't have time to break that down, but it's, there's some revelation even in that. So he goes. He doesn't meet a man in verse 14. He goes to the very first city in Macedonia, and it's called Philippi. And it's a little city in Macedonia, and he doesn't meet a man, but he meets a woman, a woman named Lydia. Lydia, my niece. Uh, Lydia, spelt same way. Amen. She was actually an immigrant from Thyatira, and she sold purple. She was very wealthy. She used her wealth for the kingdom of God. There was no church in Philippi because according to Jewish law, you had to have at least 10 Jewish men to start a temple. And if you did not have 10 men, they would not build a temple for you. Paul comes and finds Lydia and some women worshiping and praying down by the water. He stops and says, hey, this is enough to start a church. 
So here if you're first, let me, just, let me just give the great unveiling away right now. The book of Philippians in your Bible was a letter written to a church called Philippi. We are watching that church being established right now through a woman, through a woman. All the ladies ought to say, preach, pastor. Through a woman named Lydia who the Bible says opened her heart and her home. She was wealthy to have a big enough home for four missionary team missionaries to come to our house who's the fourth one the fourth one is luke you'll notice that the text begins to change from they and them to now say us because luke joins the missionary team right here so you have paul silas luke and timothy they come to philippi meet this woman who has a heart for god and she gets they begin to pray about starting a church So verse 16, here we go. When you begin to go after God with all of your heart, look what happens. Are you here? When you begin to say, I'm going to sell out to God, I'm going to live for him, I'm going to start praying, I'm going to start seeking. Whenever you start to pray and go after God, this is going to happen. Now it happened, verse 16, as we went to pray that a certain slave girl possessed with the spirit of divination met us, who brought her masters much profit by fortune telling. There's two words there I did want to spend a minute on. And it's divination and fortune telling. Fortune telling, I like the King James version better because King James says soothsaying. A soothsayer is someone in the Bible who is able to read your fortune or talk about things that has happened in your life. But that is a more accurate statement as being a soothsayer than a fortune teller. Because let me just say this to you now, the devil does not know what is going to happen in the future. I know that's against popular demands, but he does not know what is going to happen in the future. The only things he does know that's going to happen in the future is what's written in your word of God. I covered this in a series of demons and angels. Satan only knows what's going to happen by listening to what God is getting ready to do. He also is an observer of human history. We repeat the same stupid mistakes that we always have and always will. He can simply just look at your family and can tell you what exactly is going to happen to your kids unless you get them into the blood of Jesus Christ. So, so when you go to a fortune teller, one of two things is going to happen. You're going to sit down to somebody who's a big con artist and is trying to get in your pocket and is just going to guess what you're wearing and guess what you're doing. Oh, you got shoes. No, you got running shoes on. So they'll say, oh, I guess you're a runner. And some people go, ooh, that's so good. How does she know that? And they, ooh, they'll see a scar on you. Oh, I feel pain in your shoulder. You had an injury, and they're like, oh, wow. And they start recording. No recording on FaceTime. This is private. That's an extra charge. So you're going to run into one of them. They're con artists. They're a joke. They're just trying to get your money. They're trying to do anything to, to manipulate you. And many times they can tell you that tomorrow at McDonald's at 3 o'clock, you're going to meet your handsome husband if you're single. You know where you're going to go tomorrow at 3 o'clock? And you're going to get a guy. I don't care if he's got a sign in front of McDonald's. Some people are just so struggling with uh, intelligence will actually say, in the name of Jesus, stand up and walk. You are my... (laughs) Some people will go for that. That's the point. No, 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 no. Listen, 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 Linda. Don't believe the hype. (sighs) Don't believe... I'm sorry for my pop culture references, but... Serious now, you ready? There's also a second thing you may encounter. 
And it is a person that operates with a spirit, with a familiar spirit. Scripture calls it a familiar spirit. They don't predict the future. They're familiar with your life. They know when your grandma died. They know when your uncle died. They know when this happened to you as a kid. Anything in your history, it's a demonic uh, influence that they are actually operating in. And they can talk about you and it wins you over, starts to manipulate you. And then they begin to lead you away. Let me say this as your pastor, or even if I'm not your pastor and you're just here or watching online, as a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ, let me tell you, have nothing, nothing to do with any kind of fortune telling or soothsayers or Ouija boards or anyone that wants to read your fortune in Jesus' name. You do not want to open yourself up to the realm that is out there. And it is a dark realm. Demons are very real. Satan is very real. He's not a little dude in a red suit with a pitchfork. He is the evil influence in the earth today that wants to destroy you and your future and your family and everything you stand for because you're made in the image of God and you have the potential to be a light bearer and disrupt his work and his kingdom. So he gets you fighting with one another or confused or depressed. He gets anything he can do into your life and into my life to get us to quit and to lay down our torch then he's got you. He'll do it through the dark uh, cult of witchcraft if he can as well. I don't even read my fortune in the newspaper. You have no business. You have, why? You know, don't, and people say, well, you know, because this is what happens and I'm not being preachy. I'm talking to you. Say, well, you're Capricorn or you're, you're the lizard or whatever. (laughs) You're Pisces or you're Cancer. Why would you want to be that? Anyway, here you are. This is what happens. If you believe that, if you give faith to that, you then lock yourself in to the characteristics of what a Capricorn does. Go ahead, bro. If you want to be a Capricorn, you want to be a person that is anxious all your life, go ahead and wear that label. But my Bible says, who the sun sets free is free indeed. My Bible says in Corinthians 5.17 that I am a new creation. I am a new creation. I'm a new person when I come to Christ. All things are passed away. All things have passed away. All things have become new. So don't put that label on me, bro. I am a child of the living God. I am an ambassador for Christ. I am a blood-bought, spirit-filled, Bible-believing, sin-hating son of the Most High God. And I'm going to stand for Him. And I'm going to live for Him. I may struggle. I don't know all the answers. I'm not perfect. But I'm going to hold on to my torch and run my race. Hallelujah. Got me screaming up in here this morning. It's hot. I get excited. If I can scream for Michigan and they still lose, I can scream for Jesus. And guess what? I'm going to be screaming for them. They're dying today too. Yes, pray for your pastor in Jesus' name. I drink the Kool-Aid. I serve the Kool-Aid and I wear it proudly in Jesus' name. They will go to the Super Bowl before I die in Jesus' name. I'm just saying... He's all over the place. I have demons and then lions. I know you. <laughs> Welcome to River of Life. Amen. That's what God's about. Going to get serious again. You ready? The Bible says that this woman had a spirit of divination. The word divination there is something that we can learn from as well. Divination in the literal Greek where this Bible is written. 
This scripture was written not in English. It was written in Greek. And the word literal translation is this girl had a spirit of Python. I don't have the time to break it down to the city of Delphi, which was representing in Greek mythology that Apollos killed a serpent, killed the, what's his name? And the serpent Python was now the guardian of the oracles of Satan. And I would just tell you this, that evil spirits are very geographical. There are territories. The Bible teaches that, explains that. That's why you can go into some neighborhoods, no matter how it looks, and have just a temptation and a spirit and a thing in that city that can be a stronghold in your life. You go into another city, another area, another place, and there's a there's like a different spirit that's going on in there. And if you're not spiritually awakened, none of this makes sense. But it is very real. It is a real thing. Python, why did he say python? He didn't say cobra. Because cobras are from that area. Python is not in the area of uh, where they were. I looked it up. It's not common. They're in the rainforest. Python is a spiritual metaphor to explain what evil does when we allow it into our life. Python slowly grips its prey and it's after one thing. And it is the breath in its victim. From the Upgrade series, what does the Bible say breath is? Spirit. The enemy is after the spirit, which is your life, which is your breath. And he does it slowly, like a python. Python don't kill you. It gets its hold around you. That's why the scripture says in 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 20, he who is entangled in their sin, entangled in their sin, the latter end of it, it's worse for them than it was the beginning. You can get tangled. What's happening? You're allowing Python into your life. And at first, it'll let you predict people's fortune. At first, you got control. You can put it down when you want to. You can turn the website when you want to. You can control it at first. But as this thing, God says, listen, evil is like a Python. It will slowly begin to grip you because it's after your breath. It's after your life. It's after your joy, your peace, your everything you have. And it slowly starts to squeeze. And then the next thing you know, we got all these entertainers that we look up to from hip-hop to pop kishore all the way to today that are like idolized and I pray for them and they, they make us feel good with their lyrics and their beats and their songs but what happens when they get older in life they end up getting taken out and their life is gone and says oh wow how did they die so young it's because of this spiritual metaphor if you will that the Bible describes as a python is real with evil whether you believe that or go with me in and all of that, I please uh, listen to the warning and at least believe this. Don't play with sin. Amen. Don't play with darkness. You are called to be the light. Look what Paul says. This girl followed Paul and us around us. You see the us? Luke's on the team now. And cried out saying, these men are the servants of the Most High who proclaims to us the way of salvation. Isn't that amazing? Everything she said was true. I need more time. I'm going to tell you that right now in Jesus' name. Amen? Okay? Everything she said was the truth. Everything Satan said to Jesus with the Bible was the truth. Jump off of this mountain. For it is written. He didn't misquote it. And there's where we get, we get wrong. But the scripture says that what this girl was doing is following him around for days. She said it mockingly. It's not what people say. It's not the words that people say. It's not what they say. It's the spirit that they say it. 
And that's why so many people get offended over Facebook and text messages because you have no spirit in what you're saying. Whatever mood you're in and whatever mood you think they're in, you will interpret the words. And it causes offenses. Please listen to Pastor Eddie today. This girl was telling the truth, but she had a bad spirit. She was mocking him. He would get a crowd of people, him and his team, and he would begin to tell them, the God that made everything you see sent his son to die for you. And then this woman would, listen to him, everybody. They have the words to the most high. How we can, notice she said, how we can be saved. And he was like, seriously? I'm trying to do something right here. The Bible says she did this for many days, which is so interesting to me, but why Paul didn't attack her on the first day. Because there's one word I want you to see there. And Paul was annoyed. Annoyed. I love that in your Bible. He was annoyed. It didn't say he was spooked out. I went to the store the other day and I bought some things. And the lady at the cash register did this like this. She went, oh my gosh. You're going to want to go buy something. You're going to want to go buy something more. And I'm like, what is this lady talking about? She says, your total is 666. I said, <laughs> say it again. I love messing with people like that. She's like, six, six, six. I'm like, ooh. Then I had to stop because she don't know me and be like, you know. I'm going to dial 911. <laughs> I said, listen, 666 is just a number. I said, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. She's like, oh, okay. And then she switched over to Christian Hallelujah Sunday morning worshiper. I swear it was the funniest thing ever. She was like, I know Jesus, the blood of Jesus. And I was like, whoa, I was about to call 911. People will just switch on you sometimes. Like, whoa, where did that come from? Help us, Jesus. But he wasn't afraid of her. Tell your neighbor, I ain't afraid of no ghost. Tell your other neighbor, because I got the Holy Ghost. That's what I'm talking about. What? No, seriously. Seriously. And Paul was annoyed. So I love what he says. It says here, so he, he turned and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And the spirit came out that very hour. Took a minute, but he came out. She was delivered. And then her master saw that her ability to tell the future was gone because they made a lot of money from her. He had Paul and Silas drag Luke and Timothy took off. I just read this text in the commentary. I was like, what happened to the other two? They, they didn't catch them. They caught Paul and Silas. I'm down with that, baby. Amen. <laughs> they took off. They had a job to do in that city. <laughs> Paul wasn't afraid. He's like, I'm, I'm used to being, come on, bring it on. <laughs> Timothy's like, hey, peace. Hallelujah. He did. He took off. It's so funny. I love the Bible. The Bible is not boring. Thank you. So he grabbed Paul and Silas and brought them to the soldiers who were standing in the marketplace because that's where they hang out. And they were beaten and thrown into jail. But the word annoyed has a meaning. It means that Paul finally got fed up. He wasn't afraid. That's the first thing you need to know is not to be afraid of evil. But he confronted it. And here's the serious point if you're taking notes. You can never, over, you can never conquer evil unless you confront evil. 
And there are churches today that won't even talk about demons, won't even talk about evil. We want to sit around and hum and read something out of Psalms and make everybody feel better. While hell is in your house and destroying everything about you. We will shine the light at River of Life and we will preach the gospel because you need to know that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And you can take authority over the powers of wickedness in your family and over your kid and it's in your marriage. You got to get annoyed. Some of you ain't annoyed enough. You're letting the enemy just steal from you. And he slowly, you need to say enough is enough. I'm putting my foot down. I'm turning that TV off. I'm unplugging the social media and I'm going to get alone with God and hear some fresh from God. That's what we need to do. And he confronted the darkness. We got two extremes. We either are silent or you're obsessed. You're looking for a devil under every rock. The kid that comes to your door tonight wanting the Reese bars, he's probably not sacrificing to Satan before he came to your house. I mean, I know he's not. I mean, do what you're going to do with Halloween. But sometimes, if you look for a devil under a rock, you'll probably find not one, but you'll find ten. Paul said he didn't go looking for this demon because he wasn't called to do that. He was called to be the light. And when you begin to let the light shine, as I read in our exhortation, darkness will find you. Because there's something about the presence of God that stirs evil. There's something about the presence of God that will stir and provoke evil. This girl could have been fine if she stayed by herself. But there was something about righteousness that began to get her. That's why Jesus would walk into the church in Mark chapter 1. Went into the church for the first time and a a man with an unclean spirit was there. How long, one question, how long was that man in that church? (laughs) He was fine with priests put me to sleep and Sister Sheets was preaching. They were fine. But when the anointing began to get preached and when the lights began to come on and when the anointed one walked into the room, the devil began to screech and stir. When you really get on fire for God, then the devil himself and all that evil will begin to leave and stir in your family, in your life. But don't be afraid of it. Confront it in love and in truth. Stand your ground and you're going to see a great victory in Jesus' name. Thank you, all four of you. He confronted that evil. And then before we pray right now, I want you to see there was another deliverance. They get arrested. They get beaten with rods. Here's one of the times that Paul wrote about. Get thrown into the inner prison, but he's there with Silas. He wasn't there with Barnabas because Barnabas was not a worshiper. He was an encourager, but Silas was a worshiper. You'll learn this for where he came from and his his role he played in the Antioch church. And that's exactly how they overcame this jail term is that Paul and Silas was in the inner prison and I believe Silas began to just use his gift and begin to sing sore and tired trying to do something good but yet he's arrested for delivering this young girl who later becomes a part of the Philippian church by the way let's rewind Silas begins to worship and the Bible says as they begin to worship everybody watch them because everybody will watch what you go through Everybody will watch the storms that you go through and they'll look and they'll see, is this when he's going to deny God? Is this when they're going to walk away? But Paul said, it's not about me being perfect. I'm just going to lift up the name Jesus. And as they begin to lift up the name Jesus, shackles come off, the doors was open and they were set free because Silas was with Paul. God knows exactly who to move out of your life and to move who in your life in the season that you're in.
He knows when it's time for you to go and when your time to come and stay and be in the church. So don't ever try to hang on to somebody that, that God's trying to remove from your circle. I need deliverance, Pastor Eddie. Well, quit texting him back. That's a revelation worth coming to church and putting a 50 in the offering. And the offering's already taken because we ain't about that. I'm just saying. But if you put a 50 on the altar, we will use it to buy the sign stuff up front. No, I'm just kidding. Seriously, God, deliver me from that. Leave him alone. Leave him alone. But the last deliverance that is in this story is that the Bible says the Philippian jailer, and you probably never heard this, but the Lord showed me this man saw that the cells were open and Paul was running free. And the Bible says he was going to kill himself. Now listen to what I'm saying. This man had a suicidal spirit come over him that moment. And suicide is a real issue we deal with. It happened. There are eight suicides in the Bible. The Bible don't hide it. It is real. It is something we all deal with that the enemy will try to get us when you deal with depression and anxiety. If you don't see it through the Holy Spirit, you'll miss that part of the story. This man, it says, was going to kill himself. Instantly, fear come over him and said, you're going to die if you get caught with these guys. It's better for you to end your life now. That's exactly what the voice said. It's better for you to, and I'm going to be real serious because some of you deal with this and listen online or know someone that is. Listen, that's a lie from the pit of hell. That's a lie. You are wonderfully and uniquely made in the image of God, just like you are. I don't care if you're a twin, a triplet, You are uniquely and beautifully made for a plan and for a purpose of the Most High God. That's a voice from the pit of hell that tells you that you aren't important and things would be better off if you weren't here. That's the same thing that told this man. He was getting ready to do it, but an apostle of Jesus Christ shouted with a loud voice and said, Don't do it. That's what we are called to do, church, is to be that voice that's louder, that's louder, that's louder, that's louder. That's louder. Come on, give me some volume. That's louder. That's louder. Then it's better if you're not here. It's better that you are here. God has a plan. God has a purpose. If you're still breathing, he's not done. Don't lie. Don't go for that lie. Don't go for that lie. And the second thing Paul did is when he came in to deliver that man, the Bible says this, he called for the light. Listen. Bring the light in. Bring the light in. Come on, don't do it, but you need to get the light in there. Why? Because light flushes out darkness. Don't just be happy that you survived that, that suicidal attempt. And I know this is a serious issue and I don't have time to go 10 minutes into it. Let me just tell you this. Do more than just be happy that you're here. Do more that you than, than be thankful that you didn't die. You need to fill yourself up now with God, with the light. Hear this pastor today. Because if you don't, Jesus said that your house can be cleaned, swept, and put in order. But if you remain empty, the enemy will come back with seven times more than what he did the first time. I'm preaching to you today. Listen to what I'm telling you today. You need to get filled with the Holy Spirit. Get filled with the light of God. And watch the darkness stay out of your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know what happened next? Paul, the man, fell down trembling and said, what must I do to be saved? Paul said it like this. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. You and your whole household, go get them. 
And the Bible says, no, matter of fact, you come to my house. He brought Paul and Silas to his house, fed them a delicious meal. Timothy and Luke left out. They were eating at Applebee's. <laughs> Applebee's. Anyway, Paul's eating his food. The Bible says the, the, the Philippian jailer cleansed his wounds. You know the gifts and talents that people have in their life that are snuffed out by the enemy and the lie that you ain't no good? When this man had the light in him, he was able to bless even the minister and the man of God and benefit the kingdom of God. Not only him, but the Bible says all of his household got saved. That's why the enemy fights you the hardest because you're right in front of your biggest breakthrough. It's from cover to cover in the Bible. And this man is a perfect example of it. We would not, guess who joined the Philippian church? The Philippian jailer. You had Lydia, true story, the history of the Philippian church. Steve, right? You preached a whole series on this with the youth. You do your due diligence. And the founders of the Philippian church was a woman named Lydia, a demon-possessed slave girl that was set free physically and spiritually, who was now on the altar team. How about that? Some of you would be like, I'm going over here. (laughs) Because God can use what we don't think is uh, valuable. And then this Philippian jailer, he, uh, he brought his whole family. It was one of them fill the whole pew kind of family. Like what some of y'all do. Amen. He brought his whole family and they were a part of the Philippian church. All because Paul had a detour. Because his plans and his purpose is so much bigger than ours. Some of us are just trying to survive this thing, COVID. I don't know why I do the Southern accent. I'm trying to get out of that. (laughs) My family's from the South. I love the South. Biscuits and gravy, I'm telling you. My aunt can, okay. Come on. Somebody got set free right there. Amen. (laughs) But some of us are just got the hold on mentality. I'm going to end right here and the worship team's getting ready to come. We're going to pray over you. Some of you got to hold on. If I can just hold on. God wants you to arise and shine. You are more than an overcomer. You are more than just holding on. You can be an overcomer in Christ. I'm coming up on my spiritual birthday, and I'm going to talk a lot about where God brought me from the streets of Ecorse and drugs and alcohol. I, I, I always do it this time of year because I never want to forget where God found me. And what he delivered me from. What demons he delivered me from. But I remember when God did that to me. And let me just tell you that it's been the greatest day in the journey with the Lord. And for a while, I, I didn't even go in that neighborhood. And I understand it because there are some things. Some, we call them triggers. There was more than triggers. There were demons in that. I'm telling you. For me, I had a soul tie to that whole city. But God set me free. Now I walk right down the streets. Two and a half years later, I walked right down the streets. Ministering to people. Helping my uncle when he served there. Because I got this in my mind that I am an overcomer. I'm not to hide from the darkness. Come on, let's stand today. Stand to our feet right now. Well, amen and amen. I pray that message was a blessing to you, that you received some sort of encouragement or word of instruction from the Lord. That's our prayer at River of Life, that every time you tune in, that God speaks directly to your heart. Well, this is Pastor Eddie again. Just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast and remind you that every Tuesday, a new message is uploaded. Also, if you want to watch one of our services, head over to our YouTube channel. It's River of Life Church, a church of his presence, his promises, and all people. And you can watch one of our services that way as well. So God bless you. I pray God's presence be with you uh, for the rest of the week. Amen.